Sports are really important vehicles for relationships. We have purpose. We have a why. We bring people together. We connect. I feel like God is our greatest supporter and our greatest coach. Welcome to a special edition of Rabbi on the Sidelines. I'm Rabbi Erez Sherman from Sinai Temple in Los Angeles. This week, we are joined by a truly special person who not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. That's NBA veteran Myers Leonard, University of Illinois star, played in the NBA for the Portland Trailblazers and Miami Heat. And right now, right here in Los Angeles at Sinai Temple, Myers, it's so good to have you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. So not only are we here, but we are sitting in a sanctuary of a synagogue in one of the largest Jewish communities in the world, actually, in Los Angeles. Three years ago, did you think you were going to be sitting on a pulpit in a synagogue in one of the largest congregations in North America? The honest answer is no. Uh, I agree. <laughs> however, you, you know, I, I want to start with this. I actually have a really close relationship uh, in Miami. He's with the Miami Heat, a uh, Jewish man. Uh, his name's Steve. He and I are very close friends. And uh, when, when everything went down uh, in March of 2021, I remember he was one of the first pe people to reach out to me and say, look, Myers, I know your heart, and I know that you'll make this right. And um, the reason I bring this up based upon what you just asked me is because, uh, you know, if, if he had asked me, hey, would you go to, you know, a synagogue here in Miami and, and speak to the kids, I would have said in a heartbeat, of course I would. Right. And as I've explained, and as I know in my heart, everything happened from sheer ignorance, which is on me. It was a, a mistake. I own it 100%. And, um, you know, it's, I say no. I, I wouldn't think three years ago I'd be right. sitting here. But we all have a different journey uh, in life. And, you know, I, I truly, at all times, try to love all people and connect with anyone and everyone. So it, it's, it's an honor to be here. Well, it's actually amazing because right before we went on the air, we took a tour around the synagogue mm. and we saw two very different things. Mm. We saw elementary school students learning our prayers, and then we saw middle school students in an exchange with a Muslim school in a synagogue. What were your thoughts just walking around our community, seeing this exchange of ideas of our youngest people? Not only seeing it today, but in speaking with you, I, I just have this understanding of a level of connection and love and bringing people together. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most amazing things. And, and honestly, I know we'll, we'll dig into this a little deeper. That's the thing I felt immediately, which is frankly the thing I was most scared of or um, frightened by was what, did, you know, what are they going to think of me? Mm -hmm. When I first pulled up to a, a Chabad to speak to uh, this man named Rabbi Penny, who I'm now still very close with, um, I was so worried, and yet I've just been loved the entire time. And so to see, see it here today is, is really special for me. You know, to see something, hearing you talk about it is special, and right. then seeing it with my own eyes Absolutely. Is, is incredible. You know, the ability for us to connect, to understand each other, to learn about new cultures and new ways of life, and just... The, the ultimate thing about just love, and, and that's um, also what I've experienced and so I'm so thankful for. And so on this show, we speak about sports and faith. Mm. There have been people who are Jewish, who are not Jewish, who are say they're of faith, they are of not faith, but we speak about the elements of faith. And one of those 
storylines in your own history was actually through a church mm. and this family that you were semi-adopted with. Sure. Because your own story is just, I don't want to say traumatic, but inspiring in terms of how you persevered to live this American dream. And this family that you were adopted by, I read an ESPN.com article in mm. 2012, took you to church. Mm. So what was that faith aspect growing up in this small town of Illinois? Um, what did that look like and how did it play out in your own life? Sure. So, uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Blind Side, yeah, it's, of course, it's kind of similar. You know, there's obviously differences, but you know, my father passed when I was six. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother was eight, and you know, we struggled hard, and and it was difficult. But the thing about it is, is as I now have a child, and I'm I'm a uh, you know a man, an adult, I think of how hard my mother worked just to make ends meet and try to do everything she possibly could for us. And then I think it was just kind of known around town that we didn't have a lot and that we were struggling. And so that's the beauty of community. Just like we were just talking about here, right. that's what I felt, but from my hometown. And then specifically speaking, the Siler family, they stepped in really for no reason other than what I always come back to, love. Um, you know, their oldest son, Austin, and I are the same age. Right. And then I'm very close, of course, with, with the young brother, Aaron, and uh, a sister that I never had, Abby. Mm -hmm. And um, so they started taking, well, we met at a basketball camp, which is interesting, you know, how, how we're speaking about sports and faith. And mm -hmm. um, that's how it all started. We were just at a basketball camp, and Austin and I connected. You know, like I said, we're in the same class and everything. And uh, it went from, I joined them at church once, and then it became every other week, and then every Sunday, and then every Sunday, and then I'd go to grandma's house afterwards for, mm -hmm. you know, lunch. And so they really, we, we connected immediately, and it just became, again, love. Mm -hmm. And so being in the church, you know, from that point on was interesting for me at first, I had never really experienced what faith meant or, you know, I believed in God because I guess that was just, I don't know, a, a thought that I had right? or, or what I had at least been exposed to somewhat, but just not in a church. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I was baptized and now as I look back, I realize how much closer I've drawn to God because of wow. the worst moment of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget sitting across from Rabbi Penny. This is 48 hours after everything had happened. Right. Uh, we get about five minutes into our conversation there at his Chabad. And I am pouring tears. Mm -hmm. I mean, waterworks. Couldn't stop him. And he, he said, hey, I just, I need to stop you for a second. And I said, okay. I was, I'm like, oh boy, what is he about to say to me? Mm -hmm. And he said, look, Myers, you're a good man with a good soul. I, I, I know that. People that I've talked to about you, even in these two days, have spoke very highly of you. And I sense it right here, right now. But I want you to understand that this happened for you, not to you. Yes. And I, in the moment, I don't think I could really rationalize or understand what he was trying to tell me. But now as we've as we're about two years out and as I've, like I just said, drawn closer to God and all these different things, so many higher level blessings have actually entered my life now mm -hmm. after the worst mistake of my life. Mm -hmm. So it's just so interesting how life unfolds. In fact, hold on. I, don't, I, I hate that I'm pulling my phone out, but I saw this in the parking garage 
as I was pulling up this morning, and I uh, just wanted to share it. It says, every journey has secret destinations of which the traveler is unaware. I said that. The power of Sinai Temple's parking garage, pretty good. I, it hit me <laughs> right, right there. You never know what you might see, right. what you might hear, who you might connect with. And so, uh, wow, it's been a, a wild journey for me. It really has. And so, yeah, let me stop for a second let you uh and on your twitter you pinned something to the top which mm. is so powerful because every single person that goes on that feed sees this and it says i quote 280 characters is not enough to express my appreciation for the jewish community but it sounds like it's the jewish community is a microcosm though of i would say actually this country and the world right now mm. and how do we bring these aspects of love and faith into that and so how would you bring it back into the nba where over this past year we've seen maybe some division how do we, the only reason that I'm speaking to you is because of two things, a basketball that I love mm. and faith that I love. Mm. There's no other way that we should even be in conversation or know each other. Mm. And that's the same with so many things about sports, that a ball brings many different people together. Sure. So the ball's the beginning. If you had a magic genie, what would be the next step of bringing those people together after that ball is in play? Well, there's a few things here, in my opinion. From what I experienced, um, learning about each other is mm -hmm. just so important and whether we're youngsters in sports or at the highest level in the NBA you know I think we'll get into this as well but we have huge platforms mm -hmm. and you know people are watching us on TV we have social media and we we have a real honestly responsibility to impact people in a positive way and for me uh, I just was pretty shut off to a lot of the outside world, I think, because I was honestly afraid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was, you know, at 20, just boom, an NBA player. And I had worked very hard. And you're not the only one. So many of, of course, NBA players are at 20, boom. And it's, it's an interesting thing. It really is. We are incredibly, incredibly blessed, as I was telling the, the, kids, the, right? the kids earlier. And I mean, nine years in the NBA playing a game that I love mm -hmm. and we're not saving lives. We're not teaching kids about life or about different, uh, you know, educational pieces. We're playing a game. And so the more that we can learn about each other, the more we can educate ourselves uh, and the more we can just openly communicate about frustrations or different things because we don't always have to see eye to eye i think uncomfortable conversations certainly were difficult for me but i think they have to happen mm -hmm. in order for us all to grow uh you know we we started off this very conversation with myers would you be here uh right three years ago if you would have thought of, no but i'm here now right and so it's my responsibility to not only explain what i've been through but some of the things i've learned and just try to help maybe even if i impact one person ten a hundred However, however many it may be, they might say, oh, wow, this guy went through this. Here's how maybe I'll handle mm -hmm. a mistake or something that happens to me in my life. That's my only hope. And is there a player that you can think of, either Illinois or an NBA, that you didn't know before, but when you met the other during your time, you're like, wow, I just, that opened my mind to something that I didn't know, and now I appreciate even more. Wow. We, so we, I would, it, we, I say, an NBA player's, come from so many different backgrounds. Right. Um, a lot of times, tough backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, don't come from a lot of money, mm -hmm. less, you know, less fortunate, all of that. 
vast majority of NBA players are African American, but then you got guys that come from Europe. Right. Uh, you know, you got guys coming from South America. I mean, me, small town, just blue collar people. I mean, so many different people that you can engage with and learn from. And that's, I, I look back and I wish I had had more just, and I, I've always loved my teammates and had exceptional relationships with them, but the learning aspect and trying to really go to a different level, I don't know that I, maybe I just didn't have the confidence to do it. And so I guess if there was one, I mean, there's, I don't, I don't I know, know. There's many. I, I would, no, I don't even think it's possible. I, I, I would just go to what, what I guess the, the public sees in some of these guys like Damian Lillard, exceptional mm -hmm. from Oakland, you know, um, counted out early on, goes to Weber State, pretty sure he was the number one scorer in the nation, uh, six picked by the Blazers, and just took off with his career. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable human being, great teammate, loyal, loving, family man, exceptional. Or you see things like, you know, around the league, because I hadn't been around him, Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. Whoa, he's too hard on his teammates. Or the no, he's not. Jimmy is one of the most unbelievable teammates I've ever had, if not at the top. Wow. All he wants you to do, from what I experienced, is work hard, care about the team, and want to win at all costs. And so I've just run into so many different personalities and backgrounds. It's, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for everybody that I've, that I've run into. But those two lessons go well beyond the court, right? Mm. A boss, a friend, a family member, all based on love mm. is what we want from each other work hard, make sure it pays off to make sure that our lives are a little better tomorrow than they are today. Mm. And so what does that mean in terms of you being a new dad? I know oh. you gush over your amazing uh, wife and son. Mm. And you told me when we met for the first time that I believe it was your wife that told you like, if you quit now, yeah. what does it mean to your child? Take us through that conversation and maybe that's why you're here. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah. Quickly to just rewind everything i believe truly happens for a reason mm -hmm. and i said this uh, with the on the jeremy shap piece if you're a good person and you work hard i wholeheartedly wholeheartedly yes. believe that things are going to work out and i know people go through difficult times but we got to find a way to persevere mm -hmm. and we all come from you know different places but we we can make it happen and it's just about putting one foot in front of the other but now that I think about what Penny said to me, it happened for you. There's, like I said, so many things that have come about. And frankly, my wife and I don't really argue that often. Mm -hmm. We don't. We have a very strong relationship. And I am so, so incredibly blessed to have her in my life. She is the rock of our household, driven, smart, uh, beautiful. I mean, I could go on and on about her. I, I'm very. She's coming blessed. next time. That's right. <laughs> uh, and. I'll never forget that we were fighting way more than we ever had. It, it was primarily around, frankly, my, um, I was scared. Mm -hmm. I wanted to run away from everything. I really did. I, I, I thought it was best to run away from the NBA. I thought it was best to run away from the media and being, frankly, like somewhere like here, mm -hmm. speaking about this. Um, but at the end of the day, it was always going to be the right thing. And I just had to find my way into the confidence of doing it. And she ultimately, she said to me, look, I can't, I can't argue with, with you about this anymore. I'm just going to say one more thing. And I said, okay, I, 
I didn't have any idea what she was going to say. And she, we knew at that point that she was pregnant. And wow. uh, she said, look, Liam's not even here yet, but what are you going to do if he's six, 10, high school, whatever age, whatever he's doing, sports, class, whatever it may be. And he looks at you and he says, daddy, I want to quit. And I said, well, you can't do that. And then he says, well, you did. I'm here to tell you that hit me like a freight train because anyone who knows me well knows that I really have just traditional values. I, I think about the future. I think about building a foundation, a family, you know, really just trying to be a loving man, loving all people and, and all, all these different things. But when it, as it pertains to my family, like there's nothing more I have to, I, I will sacrifice everything. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I sat there for a minute and I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. I cannot run away from this. And I, I knew that I was doing the work behind the scenes, but unfortunately, and you know, media can be really powerful or the opposite yes. end of the spectrum. Um, and I knew in my heart what was right would, would be to continue to face this. And at some point, like yesterday, have a piece finally come out and explain what I had been up to. But just in general, um, like I said, I have no shame admitting it. I was scared. I was terrified of what people thought of me. I was terrified to go back in front of a podium. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm, I, I, I admittedly still am a little scared of what it might feel like if a fan shouts something at me. Right. But I have to, I guess, rely on the fact that I know I'll continue to do the work. I have put in and developed, thankfully, so many loving relationships mm -hmm within the Jewish community and outside of the Jewish community because of a mistake. So many people have reached out to me specifically yesterday and said, wow, man, I, I mean, I know you're, I'm your friend, but that takes a lot of courage. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying not to get choked up here, but it's been a long time coming. And um, yeah, just back to Ellie and Liam, I, you know, I, I just will sacrifice everything for them. And when she said to me, you, you, you got to keep going. Like I said, she's the rock. She knows me better than anybody else. And so I'm, I'm thankful that she was able to finally get me to a place of understanding. Well, I think that smile says everything when you mention Liam's name. And yeah. they're not going to mean everything for today, but for the future and generations mm -hmm. as well. You keep bringing up this word fear. I want to bring up a uh, teaching within our own tradition. I'll say it in Hebrew, but also in English. Kol ha'olam kulo, that the entire world is a narrow bridge. But then it says... That the essence of what we all should do is not be afraid. Mm. And so, is it a fear? We've talked about the fear of the other, but is there also a fear of our own self? Is there a difference in what you're speaking about there? I know it's more of a rabbinical philosophical question. That's but, okay. Um, usually I'm asked that, but now I get the pleasure of asking you that. Is there yeah. a difference between the fear of what somebody else is going to think or the fear of what actually, uh, of who we are? Well, it's both for sure. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're the ones looking in the mirror. We're the ones who have to go to sleep at night. When we put our head on the pillow, there's a million thoughts going through our head. I can say wholeheartedly, uh, but also in complete humility, I know that I have an extremely loving heart inside of my body and a, we all know and that. a pure soul. Mm -hmm. And did I make a huge mistake? Yes. And it hurts and it will always hurt. However, it's healing, and every, today, seeing these kids, mm -hmm. seeing the smiles on their faces, helps me heal. Wow. The hard, That's powerful. 
I, I was thinking about this, you know, what, what it might be like for someone in the media asked me a hard question, for example. And I thought to myself, first of all, I've already been asked all the tough questions. <laughs> but hard is pulling up to a Chabad 48 hours after everything happened and saying, I will never forget, I cried the entire way there, one hour straight. Mm -hmm. And for about three minutes, I, I looked at the GPS and I was like, come on, man, just Can't put yourself together. And I, I just remember seeing, quite possibly at the time, the most religious man I'd ever seen standing there waiting for me to you know, park my truck and, and walk into the Chabad with him. And I just said, just go be yourself mm -hmm. and everything's going to be okay. And hard is going to Miami Beach Jewish Community Center, hosting a basketball camp in the very first morning, crying for a good 30 seconds and then putting myself back together and explain, explaining to them what had happened and that I was extremely sorry, but that I was uh, excited to teach them about basketball, but also about life yes. and, that, and that our words have power. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful what we say and who we're just period. It, it can hurt people. While mine was unintentional uh, and ignorant, I still own that. And I know that I can help so many people by facing this head on as I have. And so, uh, gosh, you were asking me about the inner being, but also I'm, I'm afraid admittedly, and I'm, I'm thankfully getting there mm -hmm. of the, uh, you can't really care what everyone thinks about you because you're just going to tear yourself down continually. Right. It's difficult. I've always been a people pleaser. I want everyone to love me. But frankly, happened for you. Now, after yesterday in particular, after the outside the lines uh, with Jeremy Schapp, I think I'm much closer to understanding that. Because mm -hmm. if, if someone in, in a rational mind, likely an adult, can watch that and still not like me or at least have an understanding, then that's on them, not me. And that's, and that's a very Jewish uh, teaching as well. I know I've watched many of your podcasts uh, with the Jewish community and speaking about Maimonides and his idea of forgiveness. We sit now in an empty sanctuary, but on the high holy days, on the Day of Atonement, there are 3,000 people here thinking about these ideas exactly. We have to give the power of words, but it doesn't, it's not magic. Mm. We all, meaning the clergy and the people, need to walk outside of this building and take the power of words into action. And what you said about healing, I think, is really powerful. That, you know, we're not watching you try to heal us, but you just said it's us, in fact, helping you heal, which is turned it on its head, but realizing that we need to be part of that process. And that's what it sounds like you're also going through. Yes. I, I, I just want to, I want to run through a, a a few things here, and I, I promised myself I wouldn't do this on outside the lines, but I, I'm more but willing to do it here synagogue. in front of you. Let's do it. Um, so speaking to Penny at the Chabad, for example, 48 hours after, and sadly that morning I also had to send my wife home because I was terrified mm -hmm. for her safety. We had 24-hour security outside the house. We, she was, I mean, for the better part of a year, she was receiving rape and death threats every day. I, I didn't even look at my social media because I just couldn't handle it. Uh, so I was sitting with Penny and we finished probably two, three hour conversation. And, you know, we had talked about quite a lot, life, you know, some, you know, uh, things in Judaism. He said, you ever heard of Shabbat dinner? It's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't explain it to you. I've maybe seen it somewhere on social media. He said, well, that happens on Friday. I said, I did know that. Uh, he said, would you come to Shabbat dinner? I said, yeah. So this was Thursday morning. I was at his, at his Shabbat. 
Friday night I was at his his house for Shabbat dinner. And still going on, right? What's that? It's still going on. What do you mean? That's how long the Shabbat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I was I was just gonna get yeah. there. So he he had said to me, "Look, I'm gonna I'm going to invite a bunch of people from the Jewish community, from young kids who are basketball fans to uh, a man named Michael Kaufman. Still love that man for his willingness to share with me. Um, born in a German DP camp, um, you know, has experienced anti-Semitism his entire life, and he shared so many of those stories with me. Again, his pain in the weirdest of ways, but his also his love directed towards me helps me heal because I'm learning in real time and feeling the emotions of a man sitting across me that's been through so much. And I made such a ridiculous mistake, but yet the very people who have been hurt throughout history are trying to help heal me. Yes. I, and it's just, I, 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 I don't take this, it's such a beautiful, it really is a beautiful thing. And, that, you, know, uh, you know, because then Penny and I had such a strong relationship. I mean, I was there from, I will never forget, I pulled into his driveway at, uh, I think, like 7.05, and I left at 12.14 a.m. It was a powerful night, for I believe, for both sides, for the kids to listen to me talk about basketball. They, you know, you see the smiles on their faces, but then we get into some more grown-up talk. And, man, listening to Michael talk about his experiences and some other adults at the table, I'm, I'm sitting there. Now we're only three days out. And I'm thinking, like, holy smokes, man, these, these people just want to help me. Mm -hmm. And I, I was terrified pulling up, like, okay, um, I've never been to a Shabbat dinner. What are these people going to think of me? Only pennies met me, yet all it was was love. I did uh, a Passover event with Penny. Nice. Uh, incredible. We, we took uh, meals around different parts of, uh, you know, the Boca Raton area. Mm -hmm. uh, I met two survivors that day. And I was blown what was your, away. What was your knowledge of the Holocaust previously to meeting Michael and meeting these survivors? Just what you would learn in, you know, middle school and high school in the history books. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, a extremely, extremely uh, evil time period, and so many lives lost uh, for no reason. Mm -hmm other than hate. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's hard for me to even say that word because it stings because of what happened to me and it was my mistake. Uh -huh. uh, but I'm, I'm thankful to know in spending time with so many um, Jewish people that even within five minutes of a conversation, even if they had you know, a little bit of a question mark about me, right. I think they feel and know me as a human right away. Absolutely. And that's, I'm, I'm just so thankful. I, 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 I will say that the rest of my life <laughs> because the, the truth is, is, like I've said, I wonder all the time, even still, maybe a bit, like, gosh, man, am I ever going to run into somebody that just, I don't know, completely lashes out or something because they're that upset with me? And because the Holocaust, I mean, or just anti-Semitism as it persists today mm -hmm. is just so ugly. Mm -hmm. And it just, it kills me that that's, it's like a stain on my name almost. And I'm just continually trying to cleanse it, frankly. Well, you're more than cleansing because like we said, we can do this from the inside. But when you have an ally like you from the outside mm -hmm. who both looks in, 
but then also brings out. What we like to say here at Sinai Temple is what we do here should be felt outside. But as importantly, what we do outside should be brought in. And you are the mm. quintessential amazing human being, mm. a mensch that you probably know that word now, mm. uh, that is doing that work. That is understanding that you are healing us, but we also are healing you. And that you can be that, in Hebrew, the shaliach, the messenger, out as well. And so then one final question. Why now? Why yesterday? Why not in a year? Why not uh, four months ago? Um, and because of yesterday, what does tomorrow bring for all of us? Uh, okay, so I want to add a quick note here. Ephraim, who was a part of the piece yesterday on Outside the Lines, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, Boca Raton Synagogue, uh, did a basketball camp there. But he and I had a couple of really high-level um, lunch meetings together, if you will. And at the end of the first one, he told me two things that will always stick with me um, for the rest of my life. At the end of the conversation, he said to me, Myers, I need you to know you're obviously a loving man with a massive platform and you can impact people as you always have and you'll continue to do. I said, yeah. He said, Jewish people can talk to Jewish people all they want about anti-Semitism and how real it is today and we can teach each other about the Holocaust and everything that's happened. But it's when an ally like yourself who didn't know anything about Jewish culture or the community has now been inserted into said community, you have such a real opportunity to impact not only our community as an ally, but people in general to help them understand that we all have to learn, we all have to continue to heal and fight for what's right. And so I, I will never forget him saying that. Like he, <laughs> again, love is saying, Myers, you're a good man. You are an ally now. We appreciate that. And I didn't think of it that way, but it makes so much sense. I have, an, a, a, thankfully, an ability now to, through a mistake, mm -hmm. help heal not only people, but more specifically, even the Jewish community based upon how I approach everything that's happened. And so we're all flawed. That's human life. In fact, if you look at the Bible, the best heroes are flawed. Moses couldn't speak because he had a slurred speech. He had a stutter. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Beck, all the people in the Bible, they're flawed, and that's why they became the greatest leaders. Mm. And so talk to that next NBA player that's going to make a mistake and tell them what they should do so that we can have this conversation again. Yeah, totally. Uh, the only thing I knew to do for me personally was to follow my heart and to go directly to the community that I had unintentionally hurt and make it right, period. And say you're sorry. You know, I've learned of teshuva. Yep. Uh, the feelings that I felt were so real and I, I felt so bad. And I understand now that we, we do, we have to understand, we have to feel bad and rationalize like what has happened. Okay, and now let me go to whom I hurt, say I'm sorry and continually make it right. And that's just a continual yep. carousel, if you will, of, okay, I made a mistake. Well, I better go make this right. And so that's, that's my hope for anybody else, regardless of the severity of the mistake, um, who it was directed at or whatever you did. It's just important for all of us to look in the mirror and say, how can I be better? How can I continually love other people? Um, how can I impact other people? And so that's, that's my goal. My goal is, of course, obviously, to get back to the NBA as well, which will give me 
you know, so many people have said, Myers, everybody loves a redemption story. You know, coming back in the spotlight is probably scary, but it gives you such an opportunity to speak about what happened and what you've done since then. And so that I'm thankful for. And Myers, we are thankful for you because your story is our story and our story is your story. And it's not just a Jewish story. It is a story of humanity. It is a story of redemption. It is a story of forgiveness. It is a story of healing. Most importantly, it's a story of goodness of what this basketball can do to bring people together in a world that needs you mm. and many, many, many more Myers Leonard in the future as well. We are truly delighted that Myers Leonard has joined us here at Sinai Temple on Rabbi on the Sidelines, a new friend of Sinai Temple, and hopefully a very long one as well. Have a great day. Thank you.